Hello, folks. This is Princess. You are listening to the Millennial Mustard Seed Podcast. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to share with your friends. It's tough. We're in a very tough spot. I think that what we're doing right now is of great benefit and virtue because it's an end around between this whole corrupt informational system, media system. We claim to believe in a God who spoke the universe into existence and literally raised himself from the dead. And yet we're not going to believe that anything else exists in the spirit realm, even though his word tells us that they do. Their bodies weren't permitted to go to sleep like humans do. And they weren't permitted to go to heaven. So they wander the earth. You know, I've seen the eyes turn black to unknown tongues being spoken. These giants would live way up in the highland. The young graves, the young men would hide up in the trees and wait for one of these 12 footers to come walking down the path and they would jump on them and kill them, drag them back to the village and the village would feast on the body. Then people start to get weapons, they start to get armor, they start to build cities, they start to fortify their cities. Now, God looks down and there's violence everywhere. The battle, this war that we are at, is not against each other. It's against these principalities and these rulers and these archons in the high places. It's really worthwhile to read the Bible yourself. Fear is one of the primary drivers of mind control because we have to take every thought captive and resist fear. You're going to have a testimony that is a justice case against the kingdom of darkness. Welcome back to the Millennial Mustard Seed Podcast. I'm your host, Rod, and thank you for being here with me for another awesome episode. I am joined by the one and only Josh Peck. Man, he's written a ton of books, produced films. He has tons of audio interviews and collaborations out in the airways with some of the most profound men and women in the fringe Christian space. Literally, in Josh's own words, he highly regards this interview as one for the records, feeling refreshed and encouraged. And we go a lot of different places. We talk about new age to Christ. His testimony involves an encounter with L.A. Marzoli, epic timing, and how his heroes became his brothers and friends and co-workers. And he also shares about his astral projection experience that ended the journey of new age and launched him back into the arms and the will of the Lord Jesus Christ. We talk a little bit about near death encounters and this false experience that we believe a lot of people have testimonies on that could just be a bubble realm of experience where the enemy is trying to deceive people with this universal one ism of we all go to heaven no matter what. It doesn't matter. We all yeah, there's some problems with that, especially if you're a Bible person. There's one way, a tight and narrow path. But listen, we also get into Josh's transition from Skywatch TV and to the mystery of following God into the unknown and how that changes everything. I was deeply edified and encouraged as well as Josh on this conversation, the sharpening that took place organic information just flowing and the experiences that we share are 
interesting and uplifting. So this is a bit of a unique kind of like pod shop talk behind the scenes, but sharing personal stories and just experiences and glorifying God all at the same time. This is a really unique and fun episode. You guys check the details, check the show notes. That's where you can find the link to help us in our time of need. Give, send, go, Venmo, PayPal, Cash App, all that good stuff. If you feel led, please donate. We could really use the help while we're in this weird kind of transition period right now. And you guys can also help us by liking and rating the podcast on your favorite podcast catcher, whatever you listen on, and share the episode. Word of mouth. Share a text message via email on social media. doesn't matter. Just share the episode. It helps us in so many ways. The algorithms and just for us to leave a footprint. I really enjoy when people locally find out about this podcast through listening to other podcasts they already enjoy. And then they connect the dots and they're like, oh my gosh. You know, this show that I love and listen to all the time, they just give you a shout out or you collaborated with them. I think that's really cool, man. That that just like the humbleness that comes along with that and just marveling at like, yeah, it's pretty interesting, isn't it? And I want to thank everybody who left some reviews on Apple Podcasts to the one person who commented on I need to get some spelling reviews and spelling checks done on the details of the show notes. Listen, if anybody out there is willing to help, please, and you're serious about helping, I cannot afford to pay you if it is on your heart to help the mustard seed produce in areas where I am not good at. I I battle with dyslexia and I cannot spell to save my life. (laughs) It's like my kryptonite is trying to spell things correctly. Yeah, I have a weakness there. But if you have the heart to want to help the mustard seed with, you know, writing the details of the show notes or doing some proofreading email me message me i would love to have somebody on board who has a heart of gold that just wants to step in and say you know what let me help you with what you're not good with i would love to see this podcast turn into a team of people i've been praying that god will send the right people along and as the years go on i'm still sitting here all by my lonesome i begged friends and family uh to help over the years in certain ways and i just get eye rolls and uh yeah i'm a one-man team you guys so just figured i'd mention and comment on that show some vulnerability because i I am pretty vulnerable and i'm a one-man team over here and i'd love to see this this podcast this ministry turn into something so much more okay i'm not gonna waste any more time i am ready to jump into this episode with josh peck are you guys ready let's go Hi, I am Josh Peck, and welcome to the Millennial Mustard Seed Podcast. All right, Josh, it is an honor to be with you, man. Um, it's been great looking being forward with to you this. Too. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this conversation, and you've got a lot going on, and you've been in this space for a long time. You've laid quite a foundation, so it really is an honor to have you here on the podcast. Well, thank you. It means a lot, and uh, I'm I'm happy to be here again. You know, we we've been trying to plan this for maybe like a year or something at this point and uh, <laughs> and, uh it, it's uh lar- largely it's been it's been my fault i i've just been all over the place and uh it's been tough scheduling things but uh things things are a little bit more you know stable kind of calming down now so it's a good time to do this and 
I, I got to tell you too, I haven't done like just a traditional audio only podcast in years. So I'm, I'm really excited about this. This is like getting back to my roots. This is awesome. Yeah. Th- this is kind of the roots in a way. And I get a lot of feedback from people saying like, man, I'm, I love having this audio only option. Cause a lot of people are doing YouTube, which is great. You know, like we love the fact that video is being heavily incorporated into, you know, I don't even want to call it the fringe Christian space because more, it seems like Christianity is coming back to the root it was intended to be at. But but people like the audio. They're going for yeah. a hike. You know, they're working out at the gym or they're working, laying block during the week, driving a truck. I mean, I get this kind of feedback where people are like, man, I love the audio stuff because I can keep my hands moving and I don't have to watch a screen. And But I can get educated and edified and and really a. Uh, you know, I've kind of stayed in this traditional podcasting space intentionally because, uh, you know, factory worker for 10 years. And it's like, I, I would listen to podcasts at work. So it really reaches that, that niche group of people there. Man, that's awesome. And you definitely got the voice for it. I mean, you, you like, you might only be beaten out by maybe Dr. Michael Lake <laughs> in, <laughs> in, in podcast voices, but, uh, but man, man you, that's you, awesome. you, yeah, you got an excellent voice for it. Thank you, man. Uh, really humbling. And um, that's awesome. I, I hated my voice when I first heard it. I actually had Basil on a couple episodes ago from Canary oh, yeah. And we were, you know, kind of going back and forth. And he's like, yeah, the first time I heard my voice, he's like, it was like nails on a chalkboard. And I'm like, bro, I couldn't listen to myself for the first six months when I started podcasting. <laughs> yep. Same here. <laughs> yeah, same here. It's, it, it's funny. I think everybody has that reaction because if you think about it, it's totally unnatural to, to hear our yeah. voices like that. Yeah. I mean, it would it, it's it, it's almost like if you were to see yourself like like as a person, like the way, like not just reflection, but like as a person, like in the world, it would totally freak you out. Well, I mean, I guess some people have identical twins, so maybe some people are used <laughs> to that. But <laughs> yeah, I think it takes a while getting used to because it's totally an yeah. unnatural way to hear ourselves. But yeah, uh, it's really, yeah it's, it's funny. It's interesting even to think on that wavelength because we're so used to observing and taking in information around us about everything but ourselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, man, um, I believe laughter is medicine and just starting this thing off. Uh, it just feels like we're old friends, man. It feels like I'm connecting with you again, even though this is the first time we've talked. Yeah. Amen. Same here. And I just want to, you know, show some honor where it is due because you have laid a foundation. You've done works with some of the greatest minds, uh, in this, this realm of bringing truth, exposing truth, and just lining up information that's necessary for all of the body to understand. It makes me think where the scripture talks about uh, when one of us are affected by something, all of us feel the ripple of that. Yeah. You know, and so for you and, and, and other great names like, you know, Mike Heiser and Dr. Thomas Horn and Derek Gilbert and L.A. Marzulli, Dr. Laura Sanger, there's a bunch of people that have went out and laid these foundations so that we as, as people, as, I mean, I'm a podcast producer, but I'm also a listener of podcasts and to be able to delve into that information and pray through it and, and let it resonate. I don't think we quite understand the significance of it. Like, like actually what that is doing, like each person who listens, that's a person who's downloading and listening to this and digesting this content. And that makes it really personable when we start to go, because, you know, some people are all, oh, big number, good, little number, no good. But it's every single person who hears this, it's going to help encourage them to take the Bible seriously, take their relationship and walk seriously. And this is a big deal, man. It really is what what you're doing and, and myself and many others. 
That's such a good outlook. Uh, you know, I remember when I was first starting out, like I, I had to teach myself to have that outlook because I knew it was right. But when you're, when especially when you're first starting out and you get, you know, three views, like four views, it, it's like, man, I put so much work into this and it's, it's only getting three or four views. But then you, you got to think, you know, it's more than just that number on the screen. That's three or four individuals that you, you don't know. I mean, you could have changed their entire life. What one of one of the craziest stories that I ever heard was when uh, when Prince died, they actually found a Steve Quayle book among his things. Yes, I mean, like, yes, I heard that. Yeah, it's like you, wow. you never know your your you never know your outreach. Um, I, years ago, Robert Downey Jr. mentioned Chuck Missler on the Daily Show. Yes, uh, yeah. I mean, you just you never know, like the outreach that you have that, that, that those three or four people, um, you, you might, you might, you might've just given them the most important information they ever heard. You might've got them saved, you know, and wouldn't it be worth it if it was just one person, my entire life, you know, all, all of my work, all of my books, if I got one person saved, that would be worth it because I know if I was the one that got saved from something like that, it would be worth it to me. So that, that's such a good outlook that that's, that's really refreshing to hear, man. That's awesome. That is so cool. And that's one of the highlights. You just said a couple key words right there. Like just one more person that God has given me the humility. Like this podcast is not a huge podcast by any means. You know, we have very humble beginnings and we maintain the humility throughout every episode that gets released, regardless of how far it goes. But, but the key words you said there was one more person because my reflection in this is like, I was just one person for Canary Cry Radio in 2017 when I understood through listening to them and the internal tugging that's going on where I'm going, nobody else is talking about this that I was aware of at the time. And I really felt like if this is true, this is important, we need to be bold and courageous, but also meek and have this humility where it's like, let's reintroduce um you know, the calling, <laughs> yeah. being courageous, being unashamed back to our, our brethren. And I remember like literally only getting one or two downloads and, and maintaining that feeling now, you know, when you get a couple hundred or a couple thousand, you know, per episode, it's it, keeping that level headed mind where it's like, Lord, do you approve of this message? Am I stirring up the body for the right thing? There's nothing that's going to be better than to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant at the end of this life. That is the ultimate, right? Amen. And so what we present and how it affects people, see, God is mysterious and he works in strange ways. Dr. Chuck Missler, oh my goodness, man. He was my dream interview, uh, the yeah. late Dr. Chuck Missler. I mean, really, that was the guy that gave me a license to digest the weird stuff in the Bible, um, you know, back back in the day. and just, we don't understand the ripple effect. So I just love, you know, hearing your heart on that and just kind of bouncing that idea back, you know, to the listeners ears here that we don't know how we're going to affect one person, you know, That's for right. people that are hanging out with their family over the holidays this year, you could just mention a couple of things and, and we can't gauge it based on how the physical uh, reaction is at the time, because you could plant a seed and they could walk away and be like, Hmm, what was, what was Josh talking about at Christmas dinner? You know, and maybe they flip the Bible open or maybe they inquire the Lord and, and it's all, it's all good from there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, and, and I remember cause I, I was that person, um, you know, this was years ago, but, uh, I, I was, I was in a terrible place in my life. Like I, I had, it's a long story, but I had just come out of new age and I was just lost. And I, I knew, I knew that I, you know, I, I was raised in the church and stuff, but I, I, I wasn't 
you know, I mean, I, I was, I was, you know, I don't believe that I was unsaved. I was saved, but I wasn't really living for Christ. So it was really easy for the enemy to deceive me. And I got into new age uh, stuff and um, eventually found out that that is like a horrible path to go. So I, I gave up all my new age stuff and, and rededicated my life to Jesus. But I prayed and I said, you know, I, I need, I don't know where to go. Like, I don't know what to do. I, I, I don't know what am I supposed to be learning. And I just happened to flip on the TV. This was when TiVo was still a thing. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so this is a while ago. But I just happened to flip on the TV, and I, I, I landed on a channel of a show I never heard of uh, at the time, which is funny now because it's such a popular show, but uh, it's it Supernatural with Sid Roth. I'd never heard of it, and then he had on this guest that I never heard of before, L.A. Marzulli, um, which is funny because he and I are, like, really good friends now. But, uh, but he started just talking about Genesis six and giants and Nephilim. This was the first time I ever heard of this and how it connects with um, like the, all the alien stuff. And when I was a kid, like the, the, the question of aliens burned in my brain. Like I loved sci-fi still do. Uh, I loved anything having to do with aliens. And I, I just like the wonder of it, like just fascinated me. And I, I never was given a biblical answer to how to deal with that. Like, are, are aliens real? Is it possible? Um, I was just kind of told, no, that's all demons. And, you know, yeah, there's there's truth there, but but it's it's not a very satisfying answer for, <laughs> you know, somebody who's eight years old and really, really curious. Yeah. And uh, so, so you know, here, here I am, you know, like at this time, like an adult, and I, I'm finally getting the answers to the questions that I had since I was a kid. Um questions that new age did not answer and uh i mean they have answers for it but they they're they're really wishy-washy and they're not really solid they're not rooted in anything it's just kind of like well it's whatever you feel and um you know all the space brother nonsense and so i mean here in this in this 20 minute program it was like 20 30 minute program um la is just laying out all the stuff that i've been wondering my whole life and then i was hooked like i was in and um, like I, I, like I've, I've now gotten the chance to tell him that story multiple times. Like we've shared stages together and stuff. And, um, we've worked together on a lot of projects. Like I, I actually just helped him, uh, edit one of his, um, upcoming, uh, uh, UFO documentaries, which was such a huge honor for me because, um, you know, the guy's my hero. And, uh, fr from that day, I, I realized, wow, there really is more to the Bible because I never heard of the giants, never heard of Nephilim. I was brought up in a church that was, you know, it was it was loosely KJV New Testament only. I mean, they, they would get into Old Testament, but they treated it as just, yeah, we don't really need to know it. It's it's not that important. It, I mean, they, they didn't say it like that, but that was just kind of the attitude. Yeah, um, yeah. It was more about like, you know, how, how to live your life and you know, how to be a good person, how to please God. And there was a lot of, you know, re respect to God and stuff. And, uh, but it, you know, it, it didn't really drill into the, like the weird stuff that I, I was interested in. Um, and I'm not knocking that church. They're the ones that, uh, that introduced me to Jesus in the first place. I, I, I was brought up in that church. And, um, so I, I hope it doesn't come off that I'm saying anything bad. Every church is different. Like, um, I went to like some charismatic churches I didn't like, some Baptist churches I didn't like, and then I went to some charismatic churches I loved and Baptist churches that I loved. So every church is a little different and they speak to different people. But um, but for me, uh, I, I had realized that, that that just wasn't the church for me. I stopped going when I was 12. But um, but uh, so so anyway, so yeah, then I was, I was so I was watching the show and I, I T-voted it. I recorded it. Because uh, my wife was at work, I was on disability at the time. Um, I, w I wasn't working. My my wife had to 
bringing all the money for us. It was it was just a terrible time. We we had our first uh, daughter, Jackie. She was only like a year old. Um, man, that was a long time ago because she just turned twelve. But uh, wow, so, yeah. So um, yeah, she she so she came home and before this we we had kind of prayed together and stuff. But she you know we we were married. Um, she she was kind of waiting for me to get out of my new age phase. She wasn't really into it, but at the, you know, she was more spiritually grounded than I was, but still not, we, neither of us really had it enough to know wh- why new age was so bad at the time. Well, the second half of the program, uh, my prayer was answered because LA started talking about how he came out of new age and he was deceived by uh, new age when he was much younger. And he told that whole story and it's like, Oh my gosh, that, that was me. That's me. Um, and I, I was dealing with all these spiritual problems at the time and, and I had never done this before. Um, you know, to me, this is like some famous guy on TV. You know, I've never known anyone on TV before. Like, and and I I was like basically raised on TV. So I was almost raised to kind of idolize anybody that you see on TV. And so like, but I, I took a chance. I found his website and I emailed him and I said, Hey, I, I just basically, I saw your program. I'm coming out of new age myself. I'm dealing with a lot of spiritual problems. I don't know what to do. Uh, you know, did, did you notice when you renounced new age, did you get attacked by the enemy? Like a lot, like, like way more than you expected. And, um, and I got an email back from, from his lovely wife, Peggy. And she said, um, Hey, LA actually wants to talk to you. Do you have time for a phone call? Cause he got your email. Uh, and he, he, he just, he wants to talk to you. And I was wow. like, absolutely. Um, so, uh, I, yeah, so, so after that, so this was another day that Christina came home from work. So she, she was already familiar with LA by this time. Um, and, uh, I, I told her, I said, you're not going to believe what just happened. And I'm like starstruck. I'm like almost dizzy over it because I can't believe that it's happening. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, L.A. Marzulli wants to talk to me on the phone. And it's so funny because, like, we call each other all the time now. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. (laughs) But, like, I mean, like, so so, uh, she was like, wow, that's amazing. And, like, uh, you know, she she was amazed by it, too. And uh, she she doesn't get as starstruck as as I have before. I've only seen her get starstruck one time, and it was when she – when I introduced her to uh, John Schlitt from uh, uh, Petra, and he's he's a singer of a okay. Christian band called Petra from like the '80s and '90s or something. I didn't grow up on their music, so I didn't really I wasn't really familiar. But she she loved them. So, wow. um, but that that's that's a that's a tangent. But anyway, so <laughs> so she was all excited for me and everything, and um, so I, I remember I was so nervous. So uh, Peggy set up a time, and uh, I was I was just like nervously waiting for the phone call. And so he called me and uh, really, really pleasant. I mean, like exactly the L.A. that you see on TV and you see in presentations. That's just L.A. He is he's like the most genuine person I ever met. Um, he, he's just exactly how he is. And so he called me and I mean, I was having like a hard time even talking to him because I was just so awestruck by the whole thing. And uh, so he asked me what was going on. And I, I kind of gave him a little bit of my background and just said, you know, I I, I, I renounced New Age. I'm out of it. But. Uh, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'll dedicate, I'm dedicating my life to Christ. I'm, I'm absolutely, you know, going to be a Christian for the rest of my life and not mess around with this stuff, but I am getting attacked so hard. I don't know what to do. And, 
LA told me a little bit about what he went through when he came out of new age. He was dealing with similar things. And he basically gave me like a 20 minute crash course on spiritual warfare, which I never heard um, in, in my church. Cause we didn't really deal with like demons or anything. Like it, they, they just didn't, it's like, they, you know, they would admit that they exist, but they didn't really focus on it. So I, I didn't know. I, I, and I didn't know how to deal with it. Yeah, um, yeah. And really, I mean, it was just, you know, using the Lord's name, you know, using, using uh, Jesus's authority that he offers to us. It's Jesus's authority. It's not ours. You know, Correct, we, we, yeah. we can't cast demons out by our own name or anything. And it's more than just using his name like a magical word. You know, it's not, it's not the word. It's not the syllables and consonants themselves that does it. It's his authority. <laughs> yeah. And yes. so L.A. taught me all that. And he's like, you know, anything new age that you got in your house, even if it's just, you know, a, a dream catcher or anything like that, a book, anything you need to you need to get that out of there. And he, and um, when I was in new age, my, my big thing was astral projection. With that, like that was the thing that I was most fascinated by. And um, L.A. had done that, too. And uh, and for those who 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 aren't familiar with the term it's basically you and i do not recommend anybody do this it's it's horrible it is expressly forbidden by the bible um it counts as witchcraft absolutely and i mean it, it is it is just absolutely dangerous but uh it's it's i'm not going to say how to do it but it's um you, you you basically will your spirit out of your body and um and then you like travel around and stuff and that was like my my big thing in new age yeah. Um, well, LA told me, cause he, he used to, he, he would, he used to do that too before, uh, he, he became a Christian. Well, he said, you know, every time you do that, you're basically punching a hole to the spirit world and you're allowing demons in like it, that's like their invitation. That's like, come on in. Uh, and he said, you got to close those. And, and it's the same thing. It's, you, you know, name of Jesus. And he said, you know, go into every room. You can use anointing oil if you want, just, just as long as you know, it's not the oil that's actually doing anything. It's the, you know, the, the prayer and the authority of Jesus. And, but he's like, you can anoint all your doorposts, go into every single room, uh, use the name of Jesus to close, uh, any, any portals that you might've opened and to banish anything out of your house, you know, dedicate it to God, pray for, a. Uh, a hedge of protection, like we read about in Job, around your house and around your family, and so he went through all that, and um, so it was about twenty minutes long. I got off the phone with him, and uh, so the next day I got everybody out of the house because I didn't know what was going to happen. Um, I got everybody out of the house, and I did exactly <laughs> what he said. And and it, it was funny because in the moment while I was doing it, I didn't think anything was happening. Like I I, I wasn't mm. nothing weird happened, nothing moved. Like I didn't. But when it was done, there was a piece over, we, we lived in this little trailer. There was a piece in that trailer that we, I had never felt in, in that place before. We, it was our first place. We got it really cheap because there was a murder that happened in there like a couple of months before we moved in. I mean, there was still like blood on the floor and stuff. And so we got it like really cheap because of that. But it was all, I, I worked uh, at, at the time I was on disability, but I worked at McDonald's before that. So I didn't have any savings. Uh, but there was a piece after after that that whole battle, and then I noticed I was starting to feel really sick and really tired and really weak, and um, so I didn't notice it at the time. But at the time, I was going through a battle. But you know, Jesus was holding me up, the Holy Spirit was holding me up, and then once the battle was over, I, I felt I felt like the aftermath of it. I had to call in. Uh, uh, I had, cause yeah, at that time I had just gotten back off disability and I'd started working again at McDonald's 
and I had to call off work that day because it, it affected me so much. Like it really, like I, I just felt sick and worn out and I, I felt like I've been through a battle. And, um, so then, uh, Christina came back home. She immediately noticed that there was a change and then we didn't, we didn't have any, any, uh, demonic problems in, in that place after that. So yeah, LA, LA really changed, uh, my life. So all of that to say, <laughs> you never know, you know, uh, through, yeah. through LA's obedience of just doing this one interview. And, you know, not now that I've gone out and traveled and done interviews, they're, they're grueling. I mean, there, there's a short period where it's kind of fun and exciting, uh, at first, but then when it becomes routine, it gets to the point where it's like, man, do I really want to do this today? Do I really want to you know, go drive to South Carolina or North Carolina, wherever Sid Roth is and go through <laughs> that whole thing and, and yeah. do this interview. And it, 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 it does become, um, you, you know, you, you just got to keep in mind, you're, you're not doing it for you. You're doing it for other people. So, and, and LA had already been established at that point. So I'm, I'm, I, I don't know, you know, how he feels about doing regular interviews. He always seems to like them, but, um, I know even with me after 10 or so years, more 10 or more years of doing it, there are times where I, I can get kind of tired. And so I, I just have to remember, yeah, but if LA would have skipped that interview, I don't know where I'd be. I definitely wouldn't be here. Like if LA would have skipped that interview and I didn't catch that program, um, I, I, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. I wouldn't, cause it, it was, it was, it was that, that whole phone call. And I saw the power of the Holy spirit and I saw the power of the authority in the name of Jesus. That, that was what made me want to be an author and uh, go do presentations, do my own podcast and, and really get into ministry. That, that was like a changing yeah. point. Cause I didn't know what I wanted to do before that. And it was like, okay, I, I, I need to get into ministry because there's real power here. And most Christians don't know it. Um, Sounds and like if, perfect timing. It's just yeah, yeah. perfect timing. Yeah, wow. absolutely. So, uh, so yeah. So go, going back to what you were saying before, it's, it's, you know, even if you only see one or two views, you, you never know that could be the person that might decide to change his life and, and get into ministry um, and, and change however many other people's lives, you know, you just never know. So, uh, so that's, that's my so long story to that point. <laughs> no, that I loved hearing that. Absolutely loved hearing that because that is, that's an echo chamber of the way that God's working, in my opinion, in a mysterious way that's yes. not known to the four walls that needs to be talked about because it could let the guard down and show like, you know what? I don't want to put God in a box, how he decides to, you know, reach out <laughs> into the timeline <laughs> that we're living in and stir things up and call those who belong to him back. That is God's business. But to testify on it, that's powerful because we yeah. overcome by the blood of the lamb and our testimony. And just, you know, as you were, you were talking about LA has been significant, even in my life. I remember when he came on the show in 2020, I was like, LA's going to come on and talk to me. You know, I was like begging <laughs> my neighbors and friends and family members, anybody to come on the podcast. It's like, just me. I got a million thoughts. You know, and, I'm like, <laughs> and when he came on, like really early in, it blew me away. And you know, he's been on a handful of times now, but he had another moment that just really knocked my socks off in the sense where he called the podcast a ministry. I had never called it a ministry prior to that. <laughs> it, like literally, I, everybody else was calling the Millennial Mustard Seed a ministry, but I wasn't calling that. I'm like, oh, it's a podcast. But it was so funny. It was right in front of my face. Everybody was saying it. But when LA said it, it like jumped, it connected. Like just yeah. the way he said it the power yeah. in his voice, you know, and just, it was, 
genuine and it was it was delivered at the right time in the right season so it just brings me back to i'm fascinated listening to you know how god used la on that sid roth program to get you at the right time because there's a timing thing that, yeah. that we have to consider like wow you know god you really go out of your way um to line stuff up and find us find us prodigals in the most unique manners and, and it's powerful and it's noteworthy needs to be Amen. talked about more in my opinion yeah That's yeah powerful, I, I, I agree yeah i, I agree I, I wish there were you know there were more people would uh have the opportunity to talk about that stuff because mo- most times when i go on podcasts you know ra- rarely everybody's already heard my testimony so rarely do i ever get asked about it or about any anything with me personally it's usually you, you know i'm usually promoting a book or something um and even for this you got me at a good time because i i haven't written a book in a couple of years i'm i'm uh i'm kind of working on one now but i'm not promoting it yet so it's like a great time where I'm not I'm not actively trying to promote anything right now. So it, awesome. I, I think that kind of helps to, to have like more of like a, a candid, like more genuine might not be the right word, but, but organic you know, conversation, yeah, organic, just perfect. flow. Yeah, we're just yeah. flowing. I love yeah, it. It's a perfect Absolutely time. Perfect it. time for that. And then, and then going back to what you were saying about L.A., I, I think you're right because he is genuine. You know that when he says something like that, he's not humoring you. You know, you, you never really know with your friends and family because, you know, they, they're, they're going to want to be nice and support you. And, you know, yeah. so you, you never really know. But when it's somebody like that, who he doesn't have any reason to, you know, humor you or anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to make or break his career like, or anything. I don't have to see this person next week at dinner. I have no yeah. obligation to make them feel well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so when somebody yeah. like that says it, it's like, OK, then now I know it's real. And yeah, you uh, get a yeah, confirmation. It, it, it's wow. been the, it's been the same with me. I mean, LA has been like just so incredibly encouraging, and and I mean now, I mean I'm so blessed. I've I've I, I've I, I've from that that whole experience, I learned kind of like who my heroes were, and then I got to meet them and now work with them, and now I, they're just brothers in Christ. Like I, I don't I don't That's have amazing. the same like the same starstruck kind of thing that I did when I first met all these people. And and I absolutely love it because I feel like this is what I was made for. Like like. Now yes. it makes sense. And that was something I always wondered when I was a kid. Like, well, God, why did you put me on this earth? I don't make any sense. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> and now, now it makes sense. Now it's like, okay, I was wow. a misfit to be to be in, in with these other misfits. And, and I absolutely love it. There's no, no other place I'd rather be. <laughs> Man, I love what you just said right there. Powerful. Bro, I am loving this conversation. This is edifying yeah, me for too. me personally. This oh, is good. good. Now you did say something that I, I kind of wanted to go back to when you you talked about astral projection, and I I don't recommend it either. The listeners should know that by now. This we're just yeah depicting what it used to look like in his sense. But you said to will to come out of your body. Now I had a near death encounter oh, many wow. many years ago that opened up my eyes to the reality of there's so much more going on. Yeah, and I guess I could say the world's programming broke. And then this big question mark launched into my head. Why am I here? Why, you know, and I dealt with PTSD from it. It's, you know, I've talked wow. about it recently on the show and on, uh, strangely enough, I've been getting invited on all these other shows to talk about my near death encounter. And I'm like, I thought nobody would want to hear this. Like, oh I, man, I, I want to hear that. it. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear it. Is, is, can you, I know that's not, but probably not why you brought it up, but like, no, what, no. like what can I ask? Like what happened? Absolutely. Well, all right. So let me, let me lay the seed real quick and I'll just yeah. do a real quick recap on sure. what happened to me. But I felt like I was coming out of my body in this near death encounter yep. and I didn't want to, I felt like I was being willed out or pulled out, Yeah. but I was like stubbornly resistant to it. But wow. 
you know, to save the sake of the audience's ears from like hearing the whole thing, I'm going to shorten sure. it up. Yeah, I got sure. jumped by a handful of guys. I literally the right side of my face from my ear to the front tip of my nose. I was swollen shut for weeks. Mm. I, I had my brain swell up and tap the inside of my skull. So these guys tried to kill me. They stomped me into the ground. Wow. And, oh. and the experience was, I didn't see a tunnel. I didn't see like bright lights or it was, everything was very dark and dim, but, but I had this experience where from like my thighs, my waist, I'm sorry, up was sitting up to come out of my body. And I wow. just, ha I just have this stubborn feeling. No, I didn't know how to operate in the realm I'm tapping into. I'm riding the veil, whatever you want to call it. I didn't have operation there that made sense to me. It didn't quite feel like it does here in the physical felt like a thin, uh, like being in water, almost immersed in water, like a really thin pressure on, on my outside man. And and I was just stubbornly did not want to come out of my body. So when you said, you know, th this like a cultic practice where they astral project and they're kind of like mind over the matter, they're willing themselves out. I just, you took me right back to that experience momentarily wow. where I was like, I felt like I was being drawn out. Yeah. But, but I was stubborn and going, no, this is not what's going to happen. And so I, I just kind of wanted to to ask you on that. Have you covered near death encounters? I mean, is that something yes. that you've researched? Can we just kind of play with that idea oh, a little sure. bit? Absolutely. Okay. Actually, my wife had one. Um, wow. and, and, and it's interesting. Some of the things that you're saying was like, I mean, you, you like took the words right out of her mouth because she said she's she didn't see a tunnel either. Uh, it was really brief. So she was in a, a horrible car accident when she was like in eighth grade. Um, oh, wow. She got she got T-boned by a drunk driver and it really messed her up. And, um, okay. but she had a near death experience. She, she said that it was kind of like dim and shadowy, kind of like how you described, um, and like a weird underwater kind of feeling. And, and, um, she didn't even, she didn't realize, uh, that she was even out of her body just yet. Just, she just knew that everything was just off and it just, it, it wasn't, it just wasn't right. Yeah, and, um, yeah. so like the way that you describe it is really similar to how she described it. Um, so that's really interesting to me, but uh, and then she, she's got like a miracle story. And, and actually I, I wrote about near death experiences in a collaboration book that I did with, um, uh, Allie and Donna at Skywatch, uh, called afterlife. And we, we kind of got into the idea of near death experiences. And, um, and I, I, I do believe that I do believe in them. I believe they're real. I don't believe that every time when somebody has an account that they're interpreting it correctly though. Uh, I do mm. believe um, that things happen. Like, uh, I don't think there's a whole lot of people out there lying about near death experiences. I do think it happens, but I don't think it happens that much. Um, I think people most often, I think where the deception is, is people will have an experience and then they'll think that they, they can interpret it correctly. Um, and wow. one thing, yeah, what really shattered, and, and by the way, it's the same with astral projection too. So with astral projection, you're actually willing yourself, like you're, you're actively trying to turn off that part of your, your brain that says, no, the soul's got to stay in the body. And, uh, and it, again, it is a horrible, dangerous, dangerous thing to do. Uh, I mean, don't do it unless you want your house infested with demons and you want to have sleep paralysis every night. I mean, it is horrible. We're not, we're not meant to tread on that ground. You know, we're, we're not, we're not built for that. So astral projection, I, I absolutely believe it's real. I believe it's witchcraft, but when people have experiences, I believe that they experienced, they saw and heard what they saw and heard, but I don't believe that they're interpreting it right. Cause new with new age, they always interpret it as this wonderful, magical thing. I'll tell you a story. This was actually the thing that 
turned me off to it. I was so I, I, I was out of my body, and this was when I was living in the trailer. I kind of floated through the wall into the street, and then I noticed all of these people were like in the street, and they were all heading towards this big, bright white oval, and they were all like heading towards it. That was just in the middle of the street, in the middle of the uh, the next adjacent street uh, by my trailer. They were all walking towards. It. I mean, there's dozens and dozens of, of these things. Some of them looked like people. Some of them looked like weird creatures. Some of them looked like giants. And there was a group of, I don't know, four or five or six of them closest to me. And I went up to them and it, you know, it just felt normal to me. It felt like, you know, if you go ask somebody in the grocery store, like, Hey, do you know where the cereal aisle is? Like, it just felt like a normal, like it didn't feel as weird as it sounds the way that I'm telling it. So I went, I went up to a group of them and, and I said, Hey, what, what is that thing? Where, where, where are all you guys going? And they didn't answer me. They didn't tell me, but they see, they got really interested in me. And they were like, oh, who, who are you? Are you like one of us? What are you? Like they could tell something was off. And I said, I'm, I'm out of my body right now. I'm astral projecting. They totally disregarded my question, but they said, hey, if you ever want help leaving your body, you can ask us and we'll come help you. And like, they were all excited that I was astral projecting. And then I, I just got a weird feeling about that because to me, I mean, even though I was basically living as a pagan, like a new age pagan, I still had like a foundation in the church that I was brought up in. And it just seemed too much like praying to something that's not God. And I just, I knew that was wrong. I just politely was like, okay, well, I'll keep that in mind. You know, thanks, I, I gotta go now. So I left, went back in my body. And then the, the next time I tried to astral project, it was like a couple days later or something. I, I just couldn't, I just absolutely couldn't. And then that, offer kept rattling in my head but I I, I just refused to do it like I was like no I can't do that 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 is a step too far um, so I didn't but but when I refused that really was when literal all hell broke loose I mean we were having demonic manifestations in the middle of the day our daughter was having night terrors which she never had before me and uh, my wife were having shared sleep paralysis encounters on almost a nightly basis. I mean, stuff stuff would knock stuff off our shelves. Um, there, there would be, there, there was a time where, oh, and we, at the time we had an atheist roommate and she was even seeing stuff. And, um, and she didn't believe in anything. She was a friend that we worked with that we were helping out. She didn't have a place to stay, but, uh, but I mean, there was like balls of light that would, that would go through the house. Um, there, there was one time there was this loud, like it sounded like a bomb went off in the bathroom. It was so loud. Uh, and we went and checked and nothing, nothing was moved. Nothing was touched. And, and I mean, it was loud. Um, I, I, I thought for sure somebody was going to call because this is a trailer park. I, 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 I was thinking surely somebody heard that we're going to get the cops called on us. No cops yeah. came. Nobody heard anything. Um, our neighbors, to the right of us were uh, the deacons to a church that we kind of went to and kind of not because um, I, I was doing new age stuff. So I, I kind of went, you know, out of obligation, but, um, but, uh, but they didn't hear anything. So it's just crazy, crazy stuff like that. And then that, that was when I was like, okay, I am in over my head. I need to stop the new age stuff. And I need to, I need to get back to Jesus because I cannot handle this. So those things that seemed so friendly at first, what happened was, I, and LA explained all this to me. He's like, well, they, they were trying to get you to, to, to pray to them, to honor them. And you, you, you didn't do it. And they craved that. So they went crazy on you. Like they, they attacked you over it. They got angry. 
And, and that's exactly, that's exactly what it was. So all the, when I hear these new agers that, that say, yeah, I astral project and my spirit guides. And it's like, man, those are demons and fallen angels. And they are really tricky. Like they really seem like they're your friends. They will tell you every nice thing that you want to hear. They, they, they will like encourage you. And, and most people get into new age cause they don't have that in their normal lives. They don't have a whole lot of encouragement or, or anything. Um, and so they, they go to these ascended masters, you know, for that. But but these are just demons in disguise. And the way to tell if, if it really was an ascended master, would it care if you stopped talking to it? Like, would it really care that much? Um, yeah. you, know, you, you think of Is like it a, dependent on your response to it for yeah. it to be magnificent. Yeah, that's a fascinating take. Yeah. Think about it like this. I mean, you go to a yoga class, you know, which yoga I also think Christians shouldn't be involved with. But uh, and I, I wrote a whole book about that called Second Coming of the New Age. If people are interested. But you go to a yoga class and you have your, your yoga instructor. Does he care if you don't show up the next week? You know, no, he doesn't care. Why on earth would an ascended master who's supposed to be like, above all of the, you know, humanity and, and spiritual creation. I mean, this is like one of the highest things in the hierarchy of the new age, uh, you know, where they put their characters and things. Uh, why on earth would that ascended master care if you quit talking to it? But they get angry when you do that. Like if you, if, if like anybody out there that's involved in new age and, and if you're wondering, Hey, I don't, I don't know if this, Josh Peck guys, you know, maybe he's just jaded and he had a bad experience. Maybe they're not all demonic. If you're involved with that, I highly suggest you give your life to Christ, but give your life to Christ and see how, see, see how your ascended masters react. They're not going to be happy with it. And all of the good things that they've been telling you, all of the wonderful praises they've been giving you are going to go right out the window. The second you stop paying attention to them because they're lying. They, they don't, they don't love you. They don't care about you. They're using you. They want to deceive you and keep you away from Christ because that's where the true power is in the name of exactly. Jesus Christ. That is where the true power is. And they fear it. They fear it. And fear turns to anger. I mean, that even happens with us. Yeah. humans. Um, spirits are no different. Fear, fear absolutely turns into anger, but, but to the nth degree, because these are demonic beings. So, um, so that's the astral projection thing. You, you, I, I'm sorry, you had asked something about uh, near-death experiences. Well, did yeah, that answer well, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah it <laughs> did. Uh, and, and, okay, one, one thing I just want to add to what you were saying uh, towards yeah. the end there. Because if someone is listening to this, we, we have an influx of new listeners as, as we kind of slowly grow. To reiterate what Josh was saying, it is God who works in and through us to cause his will to come about. He's the author and the finisher of our faith that, and we're wonderfully and fearfully created in his image. So what would an enemy want to do to usurp the, these conditions of what God's truth is saying about us, distract us to inhabit us, right. To keep us from coming yep. to that knowledge. So yeah, y you're, depiction josh of like the yoga instructor like why would they be so obsessed and so angry if you didn't show up the next week yeah. yeah it's really interesting think about all of this testimonial evidence that comes from people who have these experiences yeah and, and yeah sorry it, go ahead it's right th it's right there it's a, like the proof is also in the personal experiences that people have but the church unfortunately and i and i don't beat up on the church we are the church we're the body but sometimes they don't get the right 
time and acknowledgement to what they're going through. It, it, it gets written off as like, oh, well, go see a psychiatrist or, yep. oh, you're just dealing with stress or PTSD from being in the military. Like it, they just write it off yes. instead of genuinely taking the time to hear the story. Because the scriptures also say, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law. Amen. I don't think there's a better way to bear a burden than to take a deep dive with what someone's going through. Lock arms with them, pray with them and do what LA did for you, which is give you some time. Hey, spiritual warfare is real, man. There's yeah. power in the name of Jesus. And it's like, we're waking up to this. So I, I'm sorry, I get very excited no, because I great. feel like this ripple effect goes out and actually people that are on the teeter-totter right now, we're going to go, yeah, you know what? This is making too much sense. I'm going to call on the name that's above all names or that buddy who you know is wrestling with new age you know, actually had a testimony, a guy, Isaiah came on, I don't know, seven or eight episodes ago. And he was just came out of the occult, you know, rock, sex, drugs, rock and roll, this whole lifestyle. He's a musician. Right. And mm -hmm. he, he had a buddy call him. He hadn't talked to in years that grew up with him in the church together. And he asked him a couple questions about the Bible. And he was like, Oh, I just kind of brushed it off. But he's like, something, something was going on there. You know, he testified on that episode. I'm not going to go into the whole story, but it caused him to start looking into some of those questions What landed him here at the mustard seed. And after a couple months wow. of listening, bro, he just got baptized Praise and dedicated God. him and his wife's life to the Lord. So I'm like, Yes, this is working, Josh. I'm sorry. Continue. No, no, <laughs> this not, is no, good. Don't, yeah, no, don't <laughs> apologize. No, that's that, that, that's so encouraging. Like, that, that's amazing. And, and yeah, the other thing I was going to say too about uh, like people, pe we're built to, we're, we're sheep. We're built to be sheep. Like, um, and we, we are all looking for a shepherd. Like, I don't care if it's the most hardened atheist, they're, they're looking for a shepherd. Um, and it, it's something or somebody is going to fill that role, whether it's a, a human being or whether it's a philosophy or whether it's an ascended master. Uh, but it's never really going to fulfill it the way that Jesus is because we're made, he made us to be his sheep and him, our shepherd. So when people look to these ascended masters and these, um, these spiritual guides and stuff, they're not, they turn that logical part off in their brain that says, Hey, you need to be suspicious of everybody. I don't care if it's a spirit. If a person can lie, a spirit can lie. I mean, we're really just spirits yeah. in physical bodies yeah. anyway. Uh, and and nobody would just go and trust like anything just some human being says. Uh, and, and you know, a, a lot of times these people, they, they they these new age people, and I'm not I'm not dogging on them because I used to be one too, so I'd be the biggest hypocrite in the world if I did. But but a lot of times, I know this happened with me. I I thought myself of a pretty you know I, I thought I was a pretty critical thinking person. You know, I thought I was pretty logical and pretty critical thinking. But when it came to spiritual stuff when it came to anything i was seeing or experiencing i never questioned it i just i just accepted it and that is such a dangerous thing to do i mean you won't live long on earth if you did that uh just with human beings you know i mean you'll get taken <laughs> advantage of you'll get you'll yeah. probably get killed i mean anybody yeah. anybody can take take advantage so it's like why wouldn't we think that the spirit world would be like that too i mean um, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking from like a Christian standpoint right now. I'm talking, I'm trying to use some of the, like, like the way that a new ager would think, because, you know, obviously as a Christian, I know there is a realm where there is no lies, no deceit, you know, in heaven, uh, the, the angels who haven't fallen, uh, you know, the good guys. Um, so that does exist in the spirit world. Uh, we're not to go and talk to them, but, um, uh, we talk to God and God alone, but, um, but in the lower spiritual world, you know, we're, we're like. Uh, and, and new agers don't typically believe in like 
heaven in the way that we do. They have, they, they have, well, I mean, you ask any, any new ager, you're going to get a million different answers, but, um, this is true. This yeah. is very true. But it's like, you know, to the new agers, I'd ask like, if earth is the way that it is, why would you assume the spirit world would be any different? Cause we are spiritual beings in a, in a, having a physical experience. Um, and, and most, I, I think pretty much every new ager would agree with that. So, if the earth is like this, the earth is filled with spiritual beings called human humans that just have a, a, a three-dimensional form to operate in this world. If we're all liars and, you know, we're, we're all, uh, no, no one's perfect, why on earth would we assume that the, the vast spiritual world would be any different? What, they're all good? They're, they're all perfectly truthful? Like, of course they're going to deceive. Oh, and that, I remember what I was going to say about... Um, that that ties into near-death experiences too. So there are times where people will have an amazing near-death experience and they're not Christian or anything, but they will, they'll have this, this amazing experience. And usually uh, it ties into universalism. Usually it's, it, it, you know, they have this experience and they find out that really everybody makes it to heaven and, and, and it's okay how you live your life. It's, it's fine. God loves you. Uh, you know, just basically you do you and don't worry about, um, that is deception. And, and one, one of my biggest eye openers, and again, I do believe in near-death experiences. Absolutely. I believe yours is real. I believe my wife's is real. And, and when people have a deceptive one, I believe those are real, but I don't believe they're, they're interpreted correctly. And my biggest eye opener, I had this guest on, and it was funny because th this guy, I mean, he was, so I, I get this all the time and, and I, I don't mean to demean anybody, but it's just, if I don't recognize the name or I don't know somebody or you know, I, I just, I get a lot of emails and a lot of messages and a lot of people that want to be on my show. And a lot of times it's like, I, I feel like, okay, is it just, they want my platform or like, what, like why me? Is it, they think that I'm just going to be easy to get or like, or like what? So I'm, I'm just, you know, once you're, and you probably already experienced this, but once you're in it for a while, you, you just, you get people like that where it's like, you, you, you tend to know they're really just kind of trying to use you. So anyway, the guy that I'm talking about is not like that. But when he first started messaging me, I thought he was. And I was absolutely wrong, and I repent of that. Um, and now we're, like, really good friends. But um, I, had the, I had this guy that was um, in my Facebook group. He was uh, commenting and messaging me, and he, he really, really wanted to be on my show. And he wasn't being annoying. He wasn't saying anything wrong. Um, but I just, because I, I sometimes I get a little pessimistic about certain things. And, and at that time I was pessimistic about guests that I didn't know. I'm not anymore, but, uh, I, I, I repented of that, but for a little while I was, and he just caught me at that time. And, um, so I ignored him. I just ignored him for like a long time, like a year. And he didn't, he didn't bug me. He wasn't, he wasn't like intrusive or anything, but I would just see his comments come up and it, and it wasn't just, you know, Hey, I want to be on your show. Why won't you have me on your show? It wasn't like that. Like he, he would actually give substance to the comment. Um, and he, but he had a, he had a near death experience and he really wanted to talk about it. And, um, so I finally, after like a year, um, it, it, it just so happened that I started to get interested in near death experiences. Cause I remember growing up and my hmm. aunt, yeah, my, my aunt Elaine like had a few and, mm -hmm. um, and I always believed her they, they weren't really anything special. I mean, there was one time she said she remembered like sitting on a really pretty table, looking down on her body and screaming at the doctors to stop working on her because she wanted to stay where she was so she had uh oh, wow. yeah she had like five or six of those before she she finally passed away and my, my annie wow. lane was awesome 
But um, and I totally, I totally believe all that was real because there, there was, there wasn't any deception in there. There wasn't anything that could be misconstrued. Well, um, anyway, so I, I was just starting to kind of get interested in near death experiences about a year after this guy was uh, um, commenting and stuff, and uh, and so I decided, all right, I will check out his near death experience. I'll just see see what it's all about. And I watched. He, his name is Brian Melvin, and I highly suggest anybody who hasn't um heard his testimony you can hear it on my channel but he's got uh he also has another youtube uh video it's not his channel or mine i don't know who it belongs to but it's got like millions of views at this point but if if people want like a really really detailed version of it uh they can find it on my youtube channel um but uh it's just youtube.com slash at daily renegade but anyway he was an atheist and he um, drank some really bad water on accident, and it, it, it killed him. Like, it, he got really, really sick, and it, it, he had a near-death experience. Um, and at first, he, 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 he it, it's not that, it's not exactly like he stood before God. He didn't see God's face or anything. He, but he did see someone there. And, you know, it was God, but he didn't see God's face. Because then, if he saw God's face, he wouldn't be coming back. But, um, but he was, he was, it, it wasn't that he was like judged. It was basically the way that the way, okay, this is like my interpretation of it. Um, uh, it sounds like to me, God was giving him an experience and a chance to, to like one last chance to repent of the way he was living his life. Not everybody gets that chance, but for some reason, you know, Brian did. Um, so he, so God said, you know, basically, in so in in so many words, He just said, basically, uh, you're 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 going to go to hell, and we'll see, we'll we'll see, you know, you're going to get a tour of hell. We're going to, and, and I'll I'll determine later if we're going to get you out of there or not. It, it was something along those lines. Um. So then he was sent through this this like what he described as this big like portal tornado thing, and uh, and then he said that when he first landed he kind of forgot that this was supposed to be hell. And all of these people started, he was, he was like on the grass and there was a house that he was familiar with from his childhood. And all of these people, like people that had died, his family members and stuff started coming out and saying, Hey, you're in paradise, Brian. Oh, it's so good. You're here. We love you. We missed you. All this wonderful stuff. And, and for, for like a minute, he, he forgot that he was like in hell. He, he thought that he was in heaven for a minute, but then he, when he when he looked closer at these people, he realized that that these were not the people he knew. These, these were these were basically uh, very long story short, but these were demons that were manifesting as his loved ones to to just torment him, to to trick him into thinking that he was in paradise, so they could torment him that he's actually in hell later. And so, very long story short, because there's a lot more to that. But his main takeaway is he said, he said, coming out of that, and he became a Christian immediately after he came out of that, you know, Jesus did save him and, um, and uh, he repented and everything. And, and he's a brother in Christ now. Um, but I, I absolutely believe his story. Every time he tells it, there's a part in it where he tears up and I tear up because it's just so beautiful. Um, uh, and, but I, I think this was, this was him, like, kind of like having this vision to, to, to teach him something. It wasn't, once you're dead, you're dead, you don't come back. Um, but so it wasn't, it wasn't that, yeah. but I, it was a near yeah. death experience. So, um, but his whole thing, he's like, you know, all these people say that they, they, they die or they, they have a near death experience and it's all wonderful. They don't realize that they're in a box in hell 
and it's all a projection. It's not real. Like they, these people don't realize because they, they, they've come out of it too early. They, they, they weren't in it long enough to realize they're being deceived. And these demons and these fallen angels want these people to go uh, come back to life and then tell everybody, hey, it's all good. We're all going to make it. Nobody goes to hell. Hell isn't real. It's all just good and wonderful. And, and that's what a lot of them do. I mean, even some so-called Christian ones, when, when, they, when they'll have uh, a near-death experience, they just don't interpret it right. And that doesn't mean that they necessarily went to hell. But when they come back, some of them don't interpret it right. Like once somebody gets to the point of preaching universalism, that absolutely is a deception. I mean, there is nothing to support that in the Bible. There is eternal life and there exactly. is eternal contempt and eternal punishment. That same word in the original language is the same word for eternal life. So if there's no hell, there's no heaven either. You know, it, the, the, the scripture uses that same word eternal. So I, and Hey, you don't have to love it. I, I, I don't, but hell is eternal conscious punishment. That's just, that's what the Bible teaches. And a lot of Christians have a hard time with that. And I understand that. I mean, there's a lot of loved ones I have that weren't saved, and I don't want to think about them burning in hell for all eternity. But I also know I'm seeing through a glass darkly right now. And once I'm there, once once I pass from this life to the next, and I can see God in all his glory, and I can really understand what he's doing, I trust it's going to make sense. You know, I trust that I his judgment is going to be done, and we'll actually be praising him for it. Um, because yeah. it's his judgment. But that that, to anybody listening, if you haven't given your life to Christ, Man, that is such a sobering, sobering thing to understand that the Bible absolutely preaches uh, e eternal conscious punishment in hell. And it's not a vindictive God trying to just make you feel pain for all of eternity. It's, it's no, you can be with me or you can be without me. You have a choice. I gave you free will. If you want to be with me, here's how to make that happen. I've made a, a way for you. And you really don't even have to do much. You know, you, you just believe what I did accept what I did, live for me. But if you don't want to be with me, if, if you don't want me as your God, fine, but you're not going to be with me in my home in eternity. You know, you're, you're going to be elsewhere. And that's just what that's like without God. It's hell. That's just what that's like. Um, so it's, you know, it, it, it's something that, uh, you know, I, I wish more people that had these near-death experiences and any kind of interaction with anything spiritual I just, I implore anyone listening, don't turn off that critical part of your brain. That doesn't mean that you have to be suspicious of every little thing, but, but it's good to question things and absolutely anything like that, bring it to God and ask if it was him. He'll, he'll tell you, he'll let you know. And, and test the spirits. Amen. We, we are yes. told to test the spirits and just powerful, powerful stuff, man. It, it is interesting to think, you know, a near death encounter to be the perspective of it, because there could just be a bubble of experience that you were in. That is a mercy experience that the God uh, of all creation is allowing to happen to help yep. open your eyes to the reality of the condition that you were in and, and, and warn you. Yeah. Now there's a scripture. Uh, I forget exactly where that, that is coming to mind. I just can't remember where it's at, but it talks about it is, it's God who sends dreams in the middle of the night. Yeah, know, that's to, in Job. Yep. In Job, yeah. And I don't want to quote it too too bad here. I'll put it in the details in the show notes. I'll look it up when when I'm not actually recording and add that into the details of the show notes for you guys. But, you know, it, it in a juxtapose, talking about scaring people into repentance in a way. Yeah. Like showing them these things that they might turn from their wicked deeds. And it's fascinating. 
I was not living right when I had my near death encounter. That's mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, I was like 19, maybe 20 years old. And yeah, happened late at night. I was at a party. So, you know, wow. I fell asleep and got woken up. So yeah, definitely, you know, smoking and drinking and, and you know, being being a, a late teen, early adult here in the Philadelphia area. I was just going with the culture, man. So it scared me and the PTSD from that really, I feel like it stole years of my life. But as I look back on it, you know, I'm, I'm 35 now, as I'm looking back on this stuff, Josh, I'm going, it felt like it robbed years of my life from me in my immaturity. But I'm starting to realize that through that process that God allowed to happen, actually restored more life unto me. It's like helping me redeem the time lost. Yeah. Because now I have fear and trembling before the Lord. I'm actually seeking, you know, uh, to be a good steward of the word, working out my own salvation with fear and trembling, being a Berean, looking into these topics and being unashamed. I can't tell you how much lack of support this podcast still has, but had, especially in the beginning, it was so hard to get churches and friends <laughs> and family to understand what I was doing. They're like, oh, yeah. Rocker, man. What are you talking about? And I made a couple a couple statements to him like, guys, someday I'm gonna travel and I'm gonna talk with famous people and we're gonna have conversations and go places that you guys are scared to whisper about near the fire, the campfire. Yeah. And they couldn't and then now it's like they're kind of watching and they're like, uh uh oh, yeah, it's kind of growing, isn't it? Whoa, what's <laughs> happening there? And I'm just like, all glory to God. Amen. Yeah. Don't underestimate what his calling is for you. And Bro, you said so much that's just triggering me emotionally that I feel like, man, um, it's gonna it's helping me, so it's gonna help other people. But just powerful, powerful stuff, man. And, and this this is organic, you know what I mean? Like I yeah. had an idea of things I would ask coming into this, but this is why I love to let the spirit lead and just make an organic conversation. Amen. Because yes, there's cool topics, and yes, there's things I I really want to ask you that I think will be helpful in light of what is kind of resurfacing right now, information wise. But this is the foundation on it: sharing each other's testimonies, um, edifying each other, building onto it, and and swelling the idea because. There's things that clearly you see, Josh, that are like in a blind spot for me. So already just with this first time I was communicating, I'm going, you will sharpen me. Don't you have a program called the sharpening report or something like <laughs> yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. Well, that, man, that means a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that really That's means so a lot. Cool. It's yeah. so cool. Well, one, one, of, one of the biggest compliments that I, I've ever gotten was uh, from my really good friend, Donna Howell. She was uh, Tom Horn's daughter. And and we worked together for years at Skywatch. And she, she said, you know, Josh, you're, you're like the big brother. You're, you're, you're like meant to be like the big brother to the, to, to the, the, the misfit church. You know, they wrote a book called Misfit. Wow. And wow. I never saw myself. That, I mean, I was an only child, so I, I never like saw myself that way, but like, you know, and it's so, it's so important to have like good friends and stuff like that because it helps you see yourself in a way that you probably wouldn't allow yourself to even see yourself in. Cause you know, so we, we don't want to be prideful or anything, but, but, you know, she said that so that meant so much to me. And uh, I, I realized when she said that, I was like, I, that is kind of what I'm doing. I, I didn't intend to, but, but with my show and stuff, cause I, I really try, I try my hardest to identify with people and put myself on the same level as, as anyone else. I, I don't think I'm above anybody. It still blows my mind every day that I'm even doing what I'm doing. Cause I mean, what a random person to pick to, you know, for God to pick to do what I'm doing. Um, I'm, I'm just, I, I was just some 
geek in southeast michigan that got bullied all the time in school and like i just i just never thought i was like i just i didn't see this for the the trajectory of my life but uh but that's what god does i mean he 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 takes misfits he takes people that are are just least likely to do anything and the reason he does that is it, it's it's because it's it's him he gets the glory I could yes, I could not yes. do this. I could not do this on my own. I couldn't do that. I would be the big brother to nobody on my own. I before before uh before I got out of new age, I mean I was a jerk. Like I let all of the years of bullying and uh I, I went through child abuse and just all, all sorts of stuff. I let that grow this like anger in me, this this resentment. And I became like I, I, I would have angry outbursts. I never hurt anybody, but I'd hurt myself. Um, I, I would take it out on myself, like, 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 you know, with drugs and alcohol, like you mentioned, oh my gosh, I was notorious for that. I can't believe I survived it. Um, cause I'd be really reckless with it. Um, there was just some people I wasn't very nice to. I wasn't honest. I mean, I, I was, I was just, I was a jerk. I just, I was an absolute jerk. And, and I, and I totally like at the time I just, I hated myself too. Um, I, I, just, I, I hated the world. I hated myself. I just, I, I was just sick of everything. And I just wanted it all to be done. Um, and also, I like I was I was I, I was born with a um, I was born with a bone disease, so I was mad about that. Um, my my own father denied me when I was like twelve years old, and he absolutely just abandoned me and said that I'm not his son, not because of anything I did. Um, he he uh, when when it when it turned out that I was diagnosed with the bone disease when I was twelve years old. My mom and dad had long since been divorced, and he already was a deadbeat dad at this point. Uh, but it, the doctor said I might need bone marrow. I didn't end up needing it, but I might need bone marrow and that my mom had to reach out to my dad to see if he would come in and donate some. And right when he heard that, I heard him on the phone, like my mom was on the phone. I heard him on the phone yelling and screaming at her. That's not my son. I'm not doing anything. I'm not. And it was because he was scared to go get a, I mean, yeah, bone marrow test sucks, but it's not like, I'm not, you're not going to deny your kid over it, but, but he did. And so all of this stuff that I had growing up, I was just angry about. I had so much anger and resentment and, um, and, and it, it, it really, I mean, I, I allowed it to destroy me. So for God to take somebody like that and then put that person and, and shape that person into what I am now, I don't take credit for any of that because I would be dead. Like if, if I was left to my own devices, I'd be dead. Without a doubt. God. Um, wow. So I, God does that. He'll take the least likely. Be, so then we don't praise that person. We praise the God that 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 caused that to happen. So, I mean, 100% of the credit goes to God. I take none of the credit. I'm just along for the ride. And I'm just, I'm blessed to, to e even be able to do it. So, I mean, if there are people out there that you're just in a really rough spot in life, do not give up. Give your life to Jesus and see what he might do with you. You know, it doesn't mean that you're, you, you know, not everybody's going to be on TV and stuff, but maybe if you even get one person saved, if you even get saved, oh my gosh, angels are praising God in heaven, you know, for you. So there, you, you, you I think people get like that because they feel alone and they don't realize you, you do have a home. You have a home with the church, especially if you're a Christian. And if you're not, you can join anytime. Uh, you just put your faith in Jesus and you, you got, I mean, you got a whole brotherhood and sisterhood here just waiting to help you out and, and, and be your friend. Uh, so I, you know, ho hopefully if, if somebody's listening, that's in that spot, I was in it too. I get it. Uh, but 
it's not forever. It doesn't have to be forever and you don't have to let it be forever. I, I didn't realize it till coming out of it. Once I came out of it and looked back, I, I saw, you know, I, I did that. I, I allowed all of the bad things to, to corrupt me. Um, what I should have did was use all those things and realize, oh, that's bad. I'm not going to be like that. And I should have used that to make me stronger. That that's that's what we're supposed to do with bad things like that. But I didn't I didn't really have my head around that until I started getting getting into the Bible and, and reading how Jesus talks about this stuff and all of the many lessons. I mean, throughout the Bible, God always uses the misfit, always. So if you're a misfit out there, hey man, there's there's a lot of hope for you. There's there's a lot of hope, <laughs> uh, an, an eternal amount of hope for you. <laughs> I'm feeling hopeful, and yes, <laughs> this is true. It's amazing. It's amazing, Josh, and I'm I'm, I, I'm rambling, but you you feel free to take the conversation wherever I, you want. I believe that this is what this is what is supposed to get captured and go out there today. I believe that how this is going to resonate with with one or, or two or male or female it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what country you're in. If you're here in the states, if you're in Australia, Germany hearing this is going to help connect the puzzle piece together about your value, your worth, who God says that you are and the testimonies you've heard from Josh and even just a little bit of myself about how God uses the lowly things to confound the wise and how he's got a plan. The script, the word says, I have plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope in a future. We just have to make sure we're coming to him correctly, listeners. Make sure that we're repenting, we're acknowledging. My way is not working out. I'm going to call on the name that is above every name. I'm going to see what this is all about. Some of you may be getting tormented by spirits, by sleep paralysis, by demoniac within your homes or within your mind, just being demonized in the way that you think. You may be looking at the world going, I don't have a positive outlook on things. Why do I always tend to look to the negative? Maybe you can't forgive somebody who hurt you when you were a kid. Listen, there is one name that can start this journey, the faith journey, because if he's the author and finisher of our faith, do not despise where he has you now. Cry out to him and let him do what it is he's, he does. It, it, like literally, he's molding clay. So let's cry out, God, mold me, Father God. Make me for a, a, a display of good works. Change me, mold me. Josh, I loved what you said about I won't take no credit for this because that's how I feel. I look at my past, what I had been through, how I was raised, all the stuff that God is slowly and still changing. Believe me, by no means into into a state of completion. I see this thing continuing on. And, And this is the power of our testimony. So for whoever out there needed to hear this, you know what? Send me an email. If this resonated with you to the point where you felt like, man, I needed to hear this one today. Look, I love the topics of, you know, Bigfoot and Dogman and CERN and all this different, like there's a place for that. We're not saying that's not important, but sometimes we got to get real and we got to testify and encourage another brother or sister to come forward because the word says, if you belong to him, ain't nothing can snatch you out of his hand. Amen. Height, not depth. No demon, no alien, no doctrine, no time, no trauma, no betrayal can snatch you out of the hand of the father. So I am trusting 
that being led by the spirit in this conversation and what we've captured today is for you who's listening out there right now. And you're worth it. You're worth the time invested. You're worth the production of this thing. You are worth more than I even have an idea. But come taste and see that the Lord is good. Josh, yeah, I loved I loved how this thing unfolded for us, man. And Me too. it just this is refreshing. I literally I feel risen in my spirit right now. I just feel like God is pleased with this conversation. Me too. I I, I really man, feel it's it too. Deep. It's deep. I feel the anointing on this one, brother. I I do too, absolutely. Man. So I'm gonna read a, a quick piece of scripture right here. I'm in First Timothy four. I'm going to start at um, 12. Let no man despise thy youth, but be an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of hands by the, the elders. And meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them that thy profiting may appear to all and take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine continue in them for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and to them that hear it you guys get in your bibles again let's make reading the bible not only cool because it is cool but but let's make it what it is the life-giving word that changes man josh this is the miracle you ready god is changing the hearts and the minds of people, the pill didn't do it. The That's economy right. didn't do it. The money didn't do it. But God is changing slowly, calling his flock back in. So, man, as we I guess we're going to start to wind down a little bit. But let's just recap, you know, a little bit on this conversation. And I want to have you back in the future and, sure. and just pick at some other ideas that, you know, just some topics in mind that I feel like are going to become a big deal for people, but we are laying a foundation right now, building rapport and just inviting the listeners to come and be, you know, be the stage of this, this episode. This is for you guys today, but Josh, talk a little bit about, you know, uh, the overcap of, of what God's doing in your life right now. I know you talked about where you came from, what things used to look like. Let's, let's just talk a little bit about what God's doing in your life right now. I want to talk about your transition, um, you had moved recently. Um, God is answering some prayers and there's some prayer requests, I believe, that you and your family have. So let's just kind of go there and see what happens. Sure. Yeah. So um, for those not familiar, I was at Skywatch TV for seven years. And um, and this is, you know, this goes to what you're, you, you said. You're, you're never really done. You're never really done until you exit this earth. You're always a work in progress. Um when your time comes to stand before the the Lord and you hear those you hear those words you know job well done thou uh, good and faithful servant that, then then you're done you know that then you're glorified you're you're good uh, but but while you're here on earth you, you are always a work in progress um, and so right now what God is doing I don't know because <laughs> this took I thought. I thought Skywatch was it. I thought Skywatch. All right, that I'm 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 going to live and die here. Like th- th- this yeah. is this is what God wants for me. Um, and then out of nowhere, out of nowhere, it was it was just it was time it was time to it was time to move on to something else. And I and it wasn't it, it was it was a hundred percent a God thing. Um, 
I wasn't really even thinking about it. I, I wasn't, I wasn't like trying to get out, you know, there wasn't any, uh, weird things behind the scenes at Skywatch or anything like that. I mean, we, we were every, everything was just fine. Um, I was, I was even, you know, able to work from home, which I really liked cause I'm super introverted. And I, I, a lot of people actually are, get surprised to hear that because I, I speak on stage and stuff, but it's, it's different. Like I can be on stage and speak in front of 3000 people. And I've, I've done that before. And that doesn't make me nervous at all. But if I'm like at a get together and I have to go mingle with people, oh my gosh, I, I, I just, I'd, I'd, ra- I'd so much rather just be home or like not <laughs> like one-on-one. And, and it's not like, I genuinely love people. It's not the people I, I just get anxious. I have like this crazy <laughs> social anxiety stuff. And, um, so, uh, so I, I was, I was set. I was like, I get to work from home. I don't really have to interact with anybody. I can, I can just take interviews as I, I can do my documentaries, write my books. Like I, I was good. I was going to ride that out till God calls me home, but, uh, God had other plans in mind and just out, out of nowhere. And I don't expect that this is even going to be the last time this happens because that, that took me by such surprise. Um, you know, coming over here to IGBY ministries, um, I, I can't, I, I definitely can't say that I'm just going to be here forever now. Like, I, I don't know. That's going to depend totally on God. Um, I don't particularly like moving. Uh, I don't, you know, the whole hassle of it. I don't like it. it you know, it's, it, it'd kind of be nice to just settle in, in one place, but I can't say for sure that this is it. But so anyway, it was, it was definitely a call from God. And, um, and I had known, uh, so for those not familiar, uh, IGBY, uh, ministries is, is run by Zach Drew. And I've known Zach for a long time. So some people might recognize him on, um, Jim Baker, uh, he was a co-host on there for a long time. And then um, he went over to True News before things got, well, that's a whole other thing, before things got really crazy over there. But uh, but he's he's doing his own thing now. And, you know, he has the Zach Drew show. Well, I, I had known him for a few years, and we've we've done some ministry stuff kind of here and there together. But um, but uh, he he ended up needing his his it was just his, his whole ministry was just him and one other guy. And that other guy, um, had to move. And, uh, there was some, there was some family stuff going on or something, but, but he, he was in need of somebody else that could do all like the editing and all, all of the stuff that I know how to do. And at first he just called me to ask if I just knew of anybody. Um, and I said, no, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'll, I'll, you know, keep my ear out, but I, I don't really know anybody in the Decatur area. And then he, he was like, he's like, you know, I would ask you, but I know you're with Skywatch. I was like, yeah, I am. And, uh, and at, at first it just kind of ended with that. And then, um, but what I had forgotten is that for like months before that, and, and my wife does not do this often, but every time she's done this, she's been right. And it's not her, it's God, it's God guiding her. But for, for like two or three months before this, she said, you know, Josh, I just really feel like I, she's like, I'm not putting ideas in your head. I just, I just feel like, I feel like you're going to, you're, you're going to do some big things. You're going to get some more opportunities. And, and I was like, well, I'm, I'm, I might get opportunities, but I'm here at Skywatch and I can't really think of any other place I'd really want to be. So, uh, <laughs> so I, you know, I just, I just took it as just the nice thing she was saying, but, um, but she, she's done this two other times before and she's been right every single time. 
Well, when that, so I told, uh, after I got that phone call, I, I, I told Christina, I was like, well, Zach Drew offered me a job. And uh, she's like, oh, really? And I said, yeah, I turned it down. But, you know, uh, it was like he, he, he didn't directly offer me a job. But I, I, know, I know that if I told him that I was up for it, he would, he, he would definitely take me. And she's like, well, what's the job? You know, what, what, are, what are all the details and everything? I said, I don't know. We, did, we didn't really talk that much about it. Um, I said, you know, I offered to do some work remotely for him, uh, you know, stuff that I can just do here and, and on off hours and make some extra money, but, um, and just to help him out. But uh, so, so that, like, I, I, but fr- from that, though, I just, I, I could not get it out of my head. And that's not that's not like the first time I've turned down a job offer. I mean, there there have been people that have wanted to hire me and stuff, and it's just it just wasn't right, or it just didn't. I just, I just wasn't tempted by it at all. Like, in not anything negative about those people. I was just happy where I was at, and I felt like that's where God wanted me. But but yeah, for the for the, for a couple of months before Zach called, Christina was kind of feeling it. I sort of was too, but I'm, I'm a late bloomer, bloomer with this stuff. So, uh, <laughs> Me too. Yeah, so, That's great. So, That's great. Yeah. So Christina was like, well, we need to pray about it. So I said, yeah, okay. No harm in that. I'll, I'll, I'll entertain it enough to pray about it at least. And, uh, so I prayed about it and I, I just, it was nagging in my head. I could not get it out of my head. I just could not get it out of my head. And, um, I started to really feel like God, wanted me to to take that job offer and so I, I i prayed and i said god you know me i am dense as all get out i need this to be so obvious that i could not possibly make a mistake like i need it to be like we have to do this or we're not going to have a place to live or something like it's got to be something so drastic and and i and i told and you know when i was praying i said you know it's not you god it's me like i'm always like petrified just because of my past i don't want to uh, misconstrue something you're doing and then think that it's something that it's not. And I, I don't want to make a mistake. I'm fallible. You're not, but Lord, if you, if you want me to move to Decatur, Illinois and uh, go work with Zach and I, I will absolutely do it. And um, very long story short, but through, through many, many very obvious signs, uh, he, he showed me that that's what he wanted to do. That's what he wanted me to do. So um, so it was kind of heartbreaking. I, I wrote this long email to Tom and th- this was like right before he died, which man, that, that, that was tragic. Uh, I, Tom, Tom was like a father to me. I mean, he, he really took me under his wing and like, I mean, he, he was a mentor and a friend. And, um, so th- this was not very long, a couple of months, uh, before he died. But at that time, I mean, he was, he was fine. He seemed healthy. Um, so I emailed Tom Horn and I wrote this like kind of heartbreaking email and said, you know, I love you. I love everybody here. I love you so much. It's just, this is, this is a God thing and I can't really see a way out of it now. I mean, you know, I, I feel like if I don't take it, I'm, I'm like disobeying God at this point. Uh, and he totally understood. He was like, he was like, Oh no, you take hey, by all means. And, and actually since I started there and I forgot about this, Christina reminded me, there were a lot of times where Tom said, you know, I, I really hope for you that Skywatch is just a stepping stone to, to something bigger. And he's like, you stay here as long as you want, but I'm hoping, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm I, I just, I think that this is going to be a stepping stone for something bigger. And I, I forgot that he had told me that a couple of times. And when he did, I was like, well, how do you get more than this? Like <laughs> I'm at Skywatch. How do you get <laughs> like, how do you, like yeah. what, what else is there? Like I'm at the top yeah. like that, that, you know, that's what I was thinking. But, you know, thinking of it in terms like that, you know, at the top and, you know, that, that's like the wrong way to think. It's like, where, where's God going to use you best? 
Um, and so I, I th like I started to feel like, wow, like my, my time at Skywatch is, is winding down. Like it's, it, it's coming to an end. And I did, I never expected that. Uh, so Tom totally understood. He's like, yeah, you know, well, we'll still, we'll still publish your books. We could still, you know, uh, we, maybe we can even still do documentaries if you have time, but sounds like this could be a deal where everybody benefits. And he was just super optimistic about it. And, uh, but that, that was Tom. I mean, he, he was just the most pleasant guy to be around. Um, and, uh, and so we, uh, we, one of, one of the things, one of the signs was, I was like, you know, Lord, how are we going to sell this house? Because nobody was buying houses at the time. Well, Derek Gilbert, uh, he, I, I, I called him cause I, he, he's one of my best friends in the world too. And like, I, 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 I wanted to talk to him cause I really look up to him and I, I wanted to talk to him before I made any real decisions. Um, Cause it's like, man, like I didn't have a dad, but if I, if I had a dad, I would want him to be like exactly like Derek Gilbert. Like that, that I, I I'm so blessed because even though my father denied me when I was young, I have, I have so many father figures now, like more than I know what to do with it. And I, I'm just like, my heart is so full for these people. So Thanks I, God. yeah, I, I, I had to call Derek and talk to him and I laid it all out and we just kind of talked and went back and forth and, and, and stuff. And, you know, he, he, he's Derek, so he's not trying to guide me towards one thing or another. He's just like asking really good questions and kind of help, helping me come to what I already knew was the, the right decision. And um, well, like, uh, so that's when he heard the news. Well, a couple of days later, he's like, Josh, you're not going to believe this, but um, I have a friend who wants to move to the area and she's interested in your house. <laughs> And wow. <laughs> I was like, what? And then, and then that same day I was like, well, yeah, have her come over that same day. My, uh, my wife and I were leaving, um, to go run some errands and the, the house next door to us was being worked on, on some construction company, the previous owners like trashed the house. So it had to be all redone. And the, the, the guy pulled up like as we were leaving the house and he pulled up and he said, Hey, I know this might seem like a strange question, but would you ever consider selling your house? I didn't know this guy. This is just some guy that worked for the construction company or he was the owner of it or something. And I was like, um, actually maybe I don't know that it's weird that you bring that up because this, I've been here for like seven years and this just came up, but I, I, I need to, I do need to sell the house, but I have somebody who's interested already that literally 10 minutes ago, I, I said, bring her over. And he's like, well, Hey, can you keep me in mind? Because I really like this house. And, uh, you know, I, I, I would buy it. And, and I, I was like, Oh my gosh. I was like, okay. So that to me was one of those like obvious signs. Like nobody sells a house that easy. I mean, it was like no work at all. The, the lady that bought it paid cash. I mean, there was just, it was just easy. The whole process was easy. Um, so at that point it was pretty obvious that God was setting stuff up. So then, then I came here and now, now I've been here for, oh, about six months and, um, I love it. Zach is an awesome person to work for. I mean, it is, it, it, it he doesn't even like, I respect him as a boss, but he also doesn't seem like a boss cause we're friends. It just feels like, like we're just two friends that get to work together and do ministry stuff. So, um, that's amazing. And I, I. I would never not now because the Skywatch thing, I would never say like, this is it for me. Like I'm here now forever. I, I've always got to leave the door open for what God wants to do. And he, maybe he wants to do something, maybe not, but where, wherever he wants to take me, whether it's here or somewhere else or whatever, I'm just along for the ride and I'm just blessed to be a part of it. So that that's kind of the, the background story of what the whole move was about and kind of where, where I'm at with it now. That's amazing.
Yeah, those who are the sons of God are led by the Spirit. And one one of the common things is we're always going to get the nudge before something like that happens. I can testify to that in my life. Um, yeah. In a couple different ways. And that's fascinating that God uh, was using your wife to kind of plant the seed. And then, you know, the opportunity and just everything, the way that it came down in Skywatch. I love those guys over there. Absolutely. I talked with Derek Gilbert. Um, years ago, Drew Graffia when he was on, and um, I just there's there's no other place quite like what they do there at Skywatch. That's yeah, for sure. It's a family. And, uh, it's it's amazing. It is, yeah, it's so cool. And then to see that God has showed you, you know, hey, th- I'm going to change some things around and move you place and, and how that built this willingness now for you to say things like, God, I'm along for the ride. What are you doing, Lord? Yeah. Like what, what that, that is, Oh, that's so important that that's such a big deal because his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Yes. He's given us his word. Yes. We have, you know, diversity of different gifts and things that we're, we're we highlight and we understand, but I believe God's going to do something a bit unique and different in this chapter to come. Yeah. And I really think it's going to take all of us by surprise what actually ends up happening and how God decides to sweep the floor. Because what does the word say, Josh? If the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will raise up a standard against them. And I think there's a body standard coming. I think this is the body. I don't see one man or one organization or one ministry heading what God is going to do. I see it as a body thing, a wave that is coming. Amen. Where literally the body of Christ, uh, diversity of gifts with one spirit, one mind, and one baptism are all going to be firing on all cylinders. And we're going to see what the book of Acts look like, but but surpassing that in this day and age we live in. I believe that's what's coming. I've heard it prophetically. I've had just the Lord impress things upon my heart. But I also you know, have been slowing down and being like, man, the process in the journey is important. Yeah. You know, going through the fire to be on fire, that's important. Getting out of your comfort zone, that's important. And believe me, I'm not just saying that from a cute standpoint. That is my life. Yeah. I live on the edge of the cliff. There's so many uncertainties right now, but I have a confidence. I will boast in the Lord, my God. I will boast in what he can do, who he is and what his plans are. Because me, <laughs> not much cool stuff going on with, with me, myself and I over here. <laughs> but him, oh, that's a whole nother story. Amen. <laughs> so, Josh, man, I love it, bro. Yeah. I, so I want you to come back. Whenever you have time, bro, and and I want to get into some other topics. I want to do a bit of a deep dive in the future on just some things that you've already laid down. But sure. this one right here is is close to my heart, and I appreciate your time, man. I appreciate um, plug your yourself time too. in. Yeah, thank you so much. Plug in where you can be found, and and tell us, you know, one book that you feel like is. Uh, uh, let me do it like this, actually. Plug in where you can be found and then close us out with what you believe is the most important message for the millennial generation today. Oh, man. Okay. So people can, my website is uh, dailyrenegade.com. Um, and uh, just hearing that website is the most important message for people today. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it, folks. <laughs> dailyrenegade.com um i do host a show called the sharpening report sometimes it's just me sometimes uh we have guests on 
Uh, so we recently had on um, L.A. Marzulli, Gary Wayne, Ken Johnson, and then I just recently did one. And um, and uh, so that's on that's on YouTube, Rumble, Facebook. It's it's kind of everywhere. But uh, b- but because of the censorship, the, the rampant censorship, um, I created Daily Renegade. So people can go there and get full episodes. So there are things that I just can't talk about on YouTube because they will shut me down. I mean, I've had entire channels deleted over this. Um, so in response to that, um, I, I created a you know a, a kind of streaming website, which is dailyrenegade.com. And and right now we're going through Wix, and I'm not I'm not a super big fan of of Wix and just their just how how they're running things, like how they're running the website. It it People can watch stuff, but we're going to be moving over to Uscreen, which I think is going to be a lot better fit for what we do. So there are big, big things coming, and I'm really excited about it. And then the most important message for millennials today, I guess, just to kind of reiterate what, because I'm a millennial too, like I'm, I'm barely on the edge of it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be 40 in a few months. I can't believe it. But I guess the, uh, the biggest thing is like, you know, the whole world is constantly beating everyone down. I mean, especially today with how politicized everything is. And it's really, really easy to become angry and bitter. It's really easy to see the world. Everybody in the world wants you to believe that you're the good guy and your group is the good guy. And then everybody else is the bad guy and evil. Now there is objective truth and there is objective evil. So sometimes that's true, but don't listen to the world that's telling you that. The world is trying to tell you that because they want to sell you stuff and they want you to stay at home and stay on your phones all day doom scrolling because that's how they get money through their ads. That That is really all it is. All of the messaging. Um, I mean, of course, the negative messaging is all demonically driven, but, but for, on the human side, again, kind of what we talked about earlier, the human side, they don't care about you. You know, I, I, I stopped watching the news. I mean, I'm, I'm like... I'm, I'm as conservative as they come, you know, I'm, but I, and like, I like what the daily wire and stuff, like, I like what they do, but I had to stop watching it. Like I had to stop because it's like, man, I am a conservative. I really am. But it really seems like all this is, is just reaction to the next crazy thing that happened. And here's reaction to the next crazy thing. And aren't we angry yeah. about that? Yeah. And, and, and like, and we do need to react. We do need to speak up and, and speak truth and, and they're doing good work. It's, it's just, for me, it was it was it was bittering my heart. Um, it, it was making me like really jaded against people that I need to be praying for. It, it was it was getting me to to not see. It was getting me to see the 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 dreaded leftist as just pure enemy and not as a lost soul. I mean, it was it was really destroying me, and I I, I had to stop. So I, I would just encourage people like the, these people. They're not your enemy go go read ephesians 6 again we know who our enemy is it's it's spiritual our enemy is not other people on this earth those are lost souls those are actually prisoners of war of a war that they don't even know they're in they're prisoners of a war they don't even know they're in we are we are what is life we are engaged in a spiritual battle 24/7 even the non-believers especially the non-believers um and and they're prisoners of that war that they don't even recognize is there and so what, what's our response to, to be angry at them and spit at them and, and fight them and argue? Like, no, our response should be to go out and give them the gospel and then let them decide if they're going to accept it or not. And if they're not, fine, shuck, uh, sh- shake the dust off your feet and go, go on to the next one. Um, but 
our job is to give them a choice and then pray, 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 pray for them and, and, and realize it's not your job to, to, to convince them. The Holy Spirit will convince them. You, you, could, you could give somebody all the logic in the world and it's not going to make any bit of difference if that person just isn't going to listen to the Holy Spirit that's trying to you know, convince them and give them this choice. Um, so don't worry about not being read enough or don't worry about like not, not having all the answers. None of us are going to have all the answers. Have the, you know the truth, you know who Jesus is, and you have humility. You know, do it in humbleness, even if it, especially if it's uncomfortable. And again, this is coming from the most introverted person in the world. I, I don't, I, as a human being, I don't like doing this. Like, I don't, I don't like going out and, and talking to strangers about Jesus, but we have to, we just, we have to, it's part of the, that's the great commission. Like we have to do it when the opportunity is there, you, you got to do it. And so even though it's uncomfortable, but that person will actually have a greater chance of respecting you more for it because they can tell, you know, they, they can tell you're not trying to be show offy and make it a big thing and, you know, make it into a YouTube video where, Oh, so-and-so mega pastor preached to the Satanist at this gay pride parade. And you know, he's just doing it for views. And it, like they, they, you know, and I'm not saying nobody like I'm not saying people can't get saved through stuff like that, but it's just when I see that, it's like, why did you film it though? It's like when people film themselves feeding homeless people. It's yeah. like, okay, you're the Pharisee that you got your reward in this life. Like you got your views, oh, wow. that's your reward. Yeah. Um, so so when you when you step out in humility and actually talk to somebody when there really is nothing to gain for you personally, they'll see that. There there will be something in there, even if they don't listen to you, even if they make fun of you, even if they beat you up. Like there's still something in there where they, they there's a piece in there that they can't deny that you were at least being genuine. You were genuinely coming to this person out of love because you don't want to see that person in hell. You love that person, even if you don't like anything about them, <laughs> like, even if you don't like any of the things that they believe and stand for. So I, I, I want I, I would really love, especially millennial, the millennial generation, because, hey, we're, we're getting older. We're now all the big brothers. We're the big brothers to to the exactly. next generation down. And we have to pave the path. We have to show the way. And it's going to be uncomfortable and it's going to be weird. But we have to do it. Because if we don't, the next generation won't. And it'll just get less and less. And then the whole world's going to hell at that point. Yeah, I, I, guess, I don't really know how to end it. But I guess that's... <laughs> <laughs> That, that that would be that would be my uh my message to the millennial generation i guess <laughs> i love tearing your heart on it man thank you it, and it's true and this is where we're at you guys and this is the end of this episode so i'm gonna ask you guys as listeners to share this episode i don't care how you share it by word of mouth send it in an email a text message just share this episode with your friends family member co-worker with your pastor yes share it with him and we're coming to you from southeastern pennsylvania god bless and goodbye man i loved it and you got me on cloud nine i i, I, am, I am too honest and not anything with you or your show it's just long form interviews i was kind of dreading it <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't done one in so many years, and like I, I'm just I'm used to like the 28:30 format now for, yeah. for TV. And I thought, man, I am out of practice. I don't know if I'm going to be any good, and you know, just all that self-doubt stuff. So, so yeah, great. this this is this has been an absolute blast. This has been a lot of fun. I'm I'm really glad man, we, we, we did. We went it. old school. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. went old school today. Just <laughs> yeah. good old-fashioned audio, good conversation, hashing it out, following the spirit sharpening each other, bouncing these ideas and just edifying each other.